Scott here with sjwellfire.com, and I want to do a quick Bible lesson on answering the question, is being a drunk or getting drunk biblical? Really, we're going to take a look at Old Testament, King James Version um, passages, and really give some context on the topic. And so the first scripture I want to talk about um, really hits home with me on somebody that I really knew very, very well. And I'd say this man was the most talented man I ever knew, but he was always drunk. Mensa smart. I think he had, he passed the bar in multiple states. So he's a lawyer. He was a paper chemist, three sport athlete, good looking, looked like Robert Redford in his day. Um, very nice gentleman, funny, witty, just a great guy, married a model slash actress, one of those cool people, but he was a drunk, turned to hard drugs, and ended up committing suicide when he was 50. And I remember thinking, if I had one-tenth of the man's talent, I'd be super blessed. You know, All those things I just mentioned, if you have one or two of those, you, you are very, very blessed, right? He had, he had just about everything. I, I don't think he was musically inclined. But I could be wrong there. Who knows? He was kind of a, a superman, but he just could not stop the drugs and alcohol. And so from a scripture standpoint, which the Bible is very, very true. It's not an old fashioned book. It is super wise and super relevant. And obviously we're living, in my opinion, end times and every prophecy or a lot of prophecies are coming to the forefront as we are sitting back and watching. So now's the time to plant seeds, get saved, and move forward. But let's go back to the topic here is in terms of Proverbs. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. But not among wine bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. And I've seen this firsthand with the most talented person, man, I ever have known. Another pretty close person that I know, I had a dream when I first was saved that, and he was a drinker, that he was going to wither down to nothing and be very, very weak. And sure enough, seven, eight years later, I saw him a year ago and he could barely lift up a casserole dish and his hands were shaking profusely. And he looks like he's about 90 pounds limping. I, I, Sent him a letter, you know, he said he's fine, but I've seen my dream basically come true right before my eyes. Very, very talented man as well. Not as talented as the first guy in terms of the intellect and sports, that sort of thing, but also just a great guy that I've seen. You know, definitely not as bad. You know, he still has, um, he's by no means poor, but just alcohol really can destroy your health and cut your life short, obviously. The other thing, I, I found this scripture and it hit home with me. I've been in the business world for a while, um, major CPG companies, consumer packaged good companies. So products like, you know, Kraft, you know, is, is considered CPG or Heinz or Unilever, or Procter & Gamble, Kellogg's, General Mills, that sort of thing. And I always noticed a lot of the business leaders are up and comers. They never were big boozers. They Most of them would be in bed by 10 and they would not stay out late. And I thought this was just interesting. And I'm going to substitute King into presidents, but 
it is not for kings, you know, not for presidents. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. At least they drink and forget the law and pervert judgment of any of the afflicted. You think a lot of our politicians nowadays are drunks smoking crack <laughs> with a crackhead in Washington, the mayor, years ago. I think that's going back to the 90s, but God only knows how perverted you know, our officials are. But from, a, from the people I've met, they really kept a level head and... You know, even people in the in the truth movement that are super talented, when they fall short, they're they're wasted on podcasts and they just look like fools, in my personal opinion. Even though they're probably trying to decompress from all the madness and trying to warn uh, the sheep, trying to warn the wheat and the tares. But at the end of the day, be level-headed, be sober. You know, Proverbs four in the King James version, I think it's just a great chapter it's more speaking about evil but i took this you know just from a personal perspective for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence and i know a lot of guys a lot of friends that i've had that were just fighters and let's get drunk go fight it's like what do you why do you want to fight you know um my wife's ex-boyfriend actually was at a club and i'm not saying he was a drunk he was just at a club people were partying and somebody bashed him in the head he was protecting a girl with a brick you know just in that environment made it dangerous um and the guy probably was one of those people that just wanted to go out and brawl i worked with this guy who was must have been six six super muscular long arms was a boxer um and he basically told me i said i said this must be great being that big and strong that nobody ever messes with me he says the exact opposite he said if he goes out to a bar, he'll have little men go up that'll be drunk and try to fight him. From a personal perspective, when I was a boozer, um, before I was saved, gin was my once a year pleasure. And my wife would be telling me, do not do your drink gin because I mostly, mostly aggra aggravated or wind to verbally broad. But once in a blue moon, I wanted to fight and thank God I didn't because I probably would have had my butt kicked. So, oh, how true it is, the wine of violence. Now, this one really hits home and probably hits a lot of us, men and women. And whoremonger in the King James Version is men going after women. or a whoremonger. Um, but I just think this is very, very profound. And a quick story before we go here, and I probably have 50 here that I could, I could talk about, but one that just hit home where the guy was crushed is there was this whorish woman, gluttonous too, just just drinking every night, eating. She's big. She'd wear little mini mini skirts, and she should. And this is back in the early 90s. I'm I'm talking five inch mini skirts at nine o'clock in the morning, boatload of makeup, sleeping with multiple guys, sometimes two to three a night. And she walked by. We're sitting maybe 12 to 15 of us at a table, and she said, "Hey boys, can't wait to see you at the party." And somebody said who's gonna who's gonna sleep with her tonight and somebody made the comment this is the last supper for somebody and it was kind of funny but you know even though I've, I've always been a believer but I've, I don't think I've been saved you know my heart I was still a heathen and I'll give my testimony under a different video but 
basically, you know, I kind of stepped back and cringed a little bit about that. But in any event, one of the guys that one of the guys that actually said he was going to sleep with her tonight, he ended up sleeping with her, and he was a bit of a drunk who would black out. And he told me all he could remember is waking up next to her and couldn't really remember what exactly happened. But the guy received so much ridicule, and you know, his name was her name as a nickname. Kind of funny, but I felt bad for him. And then he was worried about STDs and got super depressed. And at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it for him. And so let's read this. My son, give me thine heart and let thy eyes observe my ways. For a whore is is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for the for a prey and increases the transgressions among men. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. In wine, in the King James Version, I highly recommend it. The Bible's not tainted, but wine can mean grape juice and then it can mean hard wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red and giveth this color in the cup when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an alder. Thy eyes shall behold strange women and thy heart shall utter perverse things. I mean, how true is this? From a personal perspective, I look back before I was saved. I remember this girl, a smart girl, businesswoman. I was sitting at the bar having a couple pale ales. We're talking away maybe over an hour and she looked at me and she said, you know, I'm, I'm cool with casual sex and one night stands. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I am just so happy. I ignored her and did not have four or five, six beers in me because, and I looked back the, the next morning. I was like, thank God I did not do something stupid and destroy my marriage. So discretion and you know, the funny thing is, as I've really jumped in the Bible, when people say science is not in the Bible at all, that's just foolishness. And the Bible's more relevant today. It's the most relevant book today that's that's out there. You think about women and some of these vaccine trials that they just did, and a lot of them have lost their babies. You know, and obviously it wasn't this case in the 70s of drinking alcohol, but I think it came out in the 80s, don't drink alcohol. Um, while you're pregnant, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but hey, 3,000 years or whenever um, this book of Judges was written, the angel of the Lord basically appeared onto a woman who bore Samson, right? The, the classic story of Samson and said unto her, behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink and eat not any unclean thing. And I, you know, I think about if women are pregnant, organic, GMO-free food, supplements, um, live a great lifestyle, protect yourself from Wi-Fi exposure. I mean, your biggest job is to protect your son or daughter that's coming out and just be the greatest mother to them that you possibly can. If you're married, just be a great woman, God-fearing uh, wife and be a blessing to all of us. I, I thought this was very, very interesting. You know, God does not change. The, the, there's this myth that the New Testament overrides the Old Testament. The, the Old Testament was written for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is all over the Old Testament and a lot of symbology, right, of how our sins are saved from his sacrifice. And so the Old Testament really had a different laws that um, before Jesus came, people had to do. 
And the tabernacle was a place where the priest class would go in and, and worship with God. And I just thought it was interesting here. It's like, if you're wasted, God's going to kill you going into his tabernacle. So do not drink wine nor strong drink nor thy sons with thee. When ye go into the tabernacle tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. So God doesn't want to be around a drunkard, period. I mean, that should, right? It's the Holy Ghost, God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to be around. Now, the, the next two pieces here, I just think is very interesting. The Bible, people will read the Bible and they say, see, it's in the Bible. It must be true. The Bible just oftentimes, it tells stories, right? So Lot was just saved from Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction and, and cities around it with brimstone and considered righteous. So the angel pulls him out and his family. And the, 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 the daughters are looking around saying, no one's, there are no, there are no men left. So we we have to preserve our father's seed. And so it just gets wicked. But let's read on. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come unto us after the manner of all the earth. So, right, like I said, everything was just destroyed around them. And they're thinking, we can't, we can't bear kids. So come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him and we will preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he perceived not when she lay down nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said to the younger, behold, I lay yesterday night with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night and go thou in and lie with him. And we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him and he perceived not. And she lay down nor when she arose. Thus were both daughters of Lot with child by their father. I mean, it's pretty, pretty sick stuff. And some people kind of challenge us, but I, you know, I have seen people black out multiple times. You just don't remember anything. It's probably, 10 or 20% of people I know that that's happened to. Um, but hey, it's not, the Bible's not condoning this. It's a story, right? Of, of a righteous man of what happened to him. And then so Noah, right? Noah, and I got to tell you, both Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah's Ark, there's some documentaries where it looks like they have found both places in archaeology all the time if you watch the news comes out of hey this happened this king existed it's amazing how it's backed up the, the bible's backed up by archaeology and i think noah's ark there's a great video and youtube keeps taking it down it's um in turkey and if i can find it i will post it on the website once that's built but pretty pretty powerful and something that as we plant seeds to try to save souls as you do your investigation is, is somewhat mind-bending. So Noah, they get off the boat and he ends up basically planting a vineyard and he's drinking his wine. He was pretty drunk and he's uncovered in his tent. And let's read on from 22. And, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told the two brethren without. And Shem and Jetheth took a garment and laid it upon the shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward. And they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew that his younger son ha had done unto him. And he, and he said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. 
and he goes up and, and bless um, the others. And I mean, <laughs> I think this is deeper than just seeing nakedness. It sounds like per, more perversion um, that basically happened here. And right, Noah's righteous. You know, he's he's there's some, there are a couple pastors I like that think that Noah's gene pool gene line has not been corrupted. And as in the days of Noah, so shall the end times come. And some have said that, every, you know, the genes are going to be corrupt. God's invention or God's creation are, are corrupted. You think about the mRNA vaccine that changes DNA. You know, there's a lot of data that says it does. Right. I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm leaning towards that, but there are also many, a couple pastors I respect that think that's nonsense. So, you know, what I'm here to do is to inspire for you to get into the word of God and pray on it. And hopefully God will lighten up um, insights for you. I'm not going to read this passage, but I just find it interesting in Isaiah, the Old Testament, God's people always seem to get judged when they fall away from God and his commandments and what he expects. And when they go whoring after women or get wasted uh, or worship other gods, um, you know, God, God will judge them and he'll send famine, pestilence, invading armies. And the reason why I've started this ministry is I've had many dreams that that's going to happen here. You know, our, our, it's falling apart here in, in the United States. And so this basically, he calls his people drunk, drunken whores. Woe to the crown of pride of the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord hath mighty and strong one, which as a tempest of hail and destroying storm and a flood of mighty waters overflowing shall cast down in the earth with the hand and the crown of pride of the drunkards of Ephraim shall be trodden under feet and the glorious beauty, which is the head of the fat valley shall be a fading flower and hasty fruit before the summer, which when he that looketh upon it seeth while it's yet in his hand, he will eateth up. If I didn't miss a space there, a little, little copy rich. Um, but at the end of the day, you think about America, this, this country has gotten so wicked and the only way it's not going to be Republicans, Democrats, it's going to be God fearing men and women and the youth, the millennials coming to Christ and repenting and getting the wickedness out of this country, right? Being God fearing. And if judgment comes, I pray that you are a remnant and are saved. And God gives you the wisdom to find other like-minded people to survive what's coming. So let's bring this home from a summary perspective, right? You know, the first thing we talked about is poverty, being a slave to it. You know, you're not putting your best foot forward being a drunk. And, you know, I was thinking about this when I was a weekend drunk. I, I managed some business units and I drank a whole thing of wine. And I was so unproductive on the weekend, waking up at 11 the sun would be walking. I missed the half half the day with my young toddler at the time. And so I'm I'm speaking from experience here, even though I worked hard and did very, very well um, during the week. On the weekend, I was just an awful, awful husband being a drunk. And I would drink this wine by myself. So I'm speaking from, I guess, a point where I've been there. And God in Christ can when you transform, he can take he can take the the appetite for alcohol and drunkenness out of you. You know, the other part is I think great leaders refrain from 
just being drunk, man, you know, they, they will be of a level head and, and sharp and crisp, you know, be on your game. You know, we talked about the horror trap and obviously that's probably the most known of, we probably all know somebody, maybe even ourselves, who's had indiscretions and really, really messed some things up, either friendships, marriages, or just regret, right? That, that inner feeling of sin and conviction. I love how the Bible has science and we know pregnant moms should have good nutrition and stay away from strong drink, you know, so-called science, right? But it's been in the Bible for 3,000 years. And I think where the Bible is so interesting is that there are a lot of examples of righteous people falling, right? We all fall short. None of us are perfect. And, um, but that's where we're, you know, as we repent and, and we, if I, when I sin majorly and I still do, I oftentimes will, um, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness and I will fast and, you know, and try to get renewed and get refocused and really dive into the word of God. And so it's just interesting to me, two righteous men had some very strange things happen to them and both of them were wasted. <laughs> and then lastly, just, I love the analogy of judgment of the wicked people that turn from God, right? And live of this world. And you just see it here. What's called good is evil and evil good. And so we're living in these um, beginning, in my personal opinion, the beginning of Cyril's time. So, you know, obviously if you're new and not saved, John 3.16, and there's a lot, there are a lot of, um, there's depth to this that I'll put in on the website that's under construction, sjwellfire.com. And really the, the site will have three different platforms to it. You know, sermons or teaching like this. Um, I'm going to cover news. And then I've been given dreams over the last seven, eight years that have, a lot of them have come true and some of them are coming true. So I'm just convicted to try to warn the masses. masses the, the, the Bible says if, if somebody has been given some insights and does not warn the people to repent and turn from their ways to stop judgment, then the blood is on their head. And so I don't want, I don't want um, to be that guy that uh, did not warn the masses to come to Christ. So that's why I'm doing this. And, um, you know, get right with God. And I look forward to talking to you soon.